VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today. Israel continues to advance in the war against Hamas in the most vicious way that even defies words. Hamas invaded Israel by air, land, and sea to commit the most horrific and barbaric murders seen in the history of mankind. Recently, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has spoken out. Here's a brief statement. Until recently, many believed that the promise of progress in the 21st century would enable us to move beyond the barbaric horrors of the past towards a better and brilliant future. Many believed that we could go about our comfortable lives and that evil will simply pass us by. It will not. The horrors that Hamas perpetrated on October 7th Remind us that we will not realize the promise of a better future unless we, the civilized world, are willing to fight the barbarians. Because the barbarians are willing to fight us. And their goal is clear. Shatter that promising future. Destroy all that we cherish. And usher in a world of fear and darkness. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a turning point a turning point for leaders and nations. It is time for all of us to decide if we are willing to fight for a future of hope and promise or surrender to tyranny and terror. Now rest assured, Israel will fight. Since October 7th, Israel has been at war. Israel did not start this war. Israel did not want this war. But Israel will win this war. And ladies and gentlemen, earlier today, Israel National News reported that based on IDF and ISA intelligence, an IDF fighter jet struck the head of Hamas's anti-tank missile unit in the Gaza Strip. Increasingly, though, the voices are rising for there to be a ceasefire. The U.N. national delegations voted recently 121 to 14 in favor of an immediate ceasefire. Meanwhile, pro-Hamas, Pro-Palestinian uprisings are taking place in cities around the United States and in countries around the world. Joining us today, David Rubin, the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, the author of seven books, including Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel. He's a founder and president of the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, established after he and his three-year-old son then were wounded in a terrorist attack. His websites are davidrubinisrael.com and shilohisraelchildren.org. David, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Jim. It's it's good to be with you. I wish I was with you in better times. Uh, what what we in Israel have experienced is is nothing short of a catastrophe. Uh, the uh, the uh, massacre that occurred on October seventh was the worst massacre of Jews since the Holocaust. And I, I can't say it any clearer than that. I, I do not make such comparisons easily. In fact, in Israel, it's, it's taboo to, uh, to compare anything to the Holocaust. But uh, it's a fact in terms of the brutality, in terms of the, the 1,400 people who were murdered in Israel with its tiny population, uh, in terms of the, the women who were raped and the elderly who were attacked and the, the children whose heads were chopped off and, and babies who were burned alive. Uh, this is horrible. It, it was just horrible, and it's a national trauma that we are trying to repair at this time. And uh, and we're going to break up, or rather, uh, you know, unfold many of these things that you've just talked about here. Were you in Israel on that day? Yes, yes, of course. And and uh, go ahead. And, and uh, look, we 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 in Israel are very resilient, but but when when something like that happens. Uh, the the whole country is on alert immediately. Yeah. Uh, it was on 
on the Sabbath, and we we actually were getting ready. We we're having a special festive Sabbath, uh, which also happened to be the the holiday of Sukkot Torah uh, on the same day as the Sabbath, and and we were celebrating that our daughter was going to be getting married in three days. Uh, we were we were with the the groom's family, and and I I was walking to the synagogue at eight in the morning, and suddenly we hear sirens. Uh, the, and there are special sirens that indicate that there is a war. My. And uh, so uh, there were sirens, and there were bombs, and there were. Uh, there were missile launchings all through that particular Shabbat, that Sabbath, and uh, so so uh, it, immediately, immediately afterwards, uh, the the country went into high alert, and most things were shut down. And we, you know, as as the head of the the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, I, I guess Americans would call it Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, but in any event. Uh, uh, you know, Jim, I've been on your show many, many times over yes. the years. Yes. Uh, you know that I was wounded in a terror attack along with my three-year-old son who was shot in the head. So I, I know about terrorism. Terrorism is nothing new to me. And and after our terror attack, uh, which, thank God, we recovered from miraculously, I I started the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund for the purpose of healing the trauma of the terror victim children and rebuilding, uh, rebuilding their lives again, and so so I, I have been <clears throat> the found. I was the founder of the organization. We we have thousands of children who we treat uh, with with a wide variety of, of therapeutic uh, techniques, and uh, including art and music and animals and horses and. You name it, horticulture therapy. We do it all, mm-hmm. uh, but we we went immediately into high alert, into our emergency mode. We got together all the psychologists, all the social workers, all the, the specialty therapists, and and we we knew that we have a big job ahead of us. And defense ministry got in touch with the, with us uh, because because they wanted to use our therapists. Uh, for the the victims of the massacre in the Gaza region, who who had been evacuated already to the center of the country, so uh, so we've got a, a big job ahead of us. And I, I really, you know, I, I've spoken on your show so many times, and we've discussed all of the political issues, and 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 we can discuss some of them. But we are in emergency mode. I'm turning to your listeners. Uh, with our website, and it's a it's a simplified website. We've simplified the URL, and all they have to do is go to israelchildren.org, israelchildren.org. They can partner with us. They can stand with Israel at this time. Israelchildren.org is the website. By the way, you mentioned that your daughter was to be married in three days. Did that happen? Yes, it did. We insisted on it. We insisted on not delaying the wedding. We're not going to let the evil of the terrorists stop uh, a little ray of light in the darkness. And for security reasons, we were only allowed to have 50 guests. And for security reasons, we had to have a special, very high security. Uh, but we, we went ahead and we did it, and it was the most meaningful wedding ceremony that I've wow. ever been at. Wow. David, you, you've lived in Israel many years. How many years have you been there? 32 years. 32 years. And many wonder, uh, you know, with the vast intelligence of the Israeli Defense Forces, how was it that Israel was caught off guard? Well, that that's a question that's that's very hard to answer uh, in, in one sense and very easy to answer in another sense. Uh, it's very hard to answer because... Uh, there, there's going to be after the war, and, and definitely not until after the war, uh, there is going to be an investigation done. And, and, and all of the people who are responsible for, for it happening are going to be called out for it, and, and they'll, they'll have to take responsibility, whether it's the politicians or the, the high generals 
or uh, whoever, or the intelligence people, whoever it may be, uh, they will have to take responsibility. I can tell you in terms of the, the easy way of answering the question, which is also very accurate, is that for about 10 or 15 years, Jim, I, I have been on your show and many, many others, and I've been telling the story of what's happening in Israel, and I've been asked the question, what is Israel going to do about the Iranian nuclear program, and what is Israel going to be doing yes. about the 150,000 Hezbollah missiles in Lebanon pointed at Israel, and what is Israel going to do about about the missiles of the Hamas terrorist organization in Gaza pointed at Israel. And and we've, we've had the, all these mini battles and mini wars, uh, but we have never done anything about finishing them off once and for all. And that's what we're going to have to do. This is a war for the survival of civilization, uh, of Israeli civilization, but all of Judeo-Christian civilization, all of Western civilization, because if we don't stand tall now and we don't finish off the job, totally wipe out the terrorists, then we're going to be in this movie again within a few years. Mm -hmm. And that movie is going to be coming to the United States and to other parts of the free world because Hamas doesn't just want to destroy Israel. They're part of the radical Islamic movement of the Muslim Brotherhood, and they are out to destroy all of us. Well, and we've heard that, you know, that is saying that Israel's the little Satan and the United States is the big Satan. And and uh, so we do understand, uh, I, I'm hoping that our leadership understands that the United States of America is very much in the target of Hamas and the sympathizers of Hamas. And, and sadly, we're seeing such demonstrations on the streets across the United States. Well, as I, as I said... It's not just Hamas. It's also the Fatah terrorist organization, which is the one that they that, that Biden would like to give uh, an independent state to. Uh, it's it's also the Islamic Jihad terrorist organization. It's also ISIS. It's also Al Qaeda, uh, it, and and all of the Muslims who you see demonstrating in the streets of the United States and Europe right now. They share that ideology. They are Hamas sympathizers, and uh, I think people need to wake up and realize that. They're, they're, they're not just American citizens who, who are fighting for freedom or some kind of nonsense like that. They are fighting for evil. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. We're up against a break. Uh, David Rubin is our guest today, the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. There they say Shiloh, Israel, author of several books. But uh, again, he has been the founder, the president of the Shiloh, Israel Children's Fund. Their website is israelchildren.org, israelchildren.org. More information after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, how fast does Niagara Falls erode? Chris, based on historical measurements, the falls has eroded upriver approximately five feet per year. In the early 1800s, when Sir Charles Lyell was promoting his millions of years concept, he used Niagara Falls to support his theory. Lyell claimed it was eroding at less than one foot per year, thus was tens of thousands of years old. This, he claimed, disproved the Bible. But in reality, Lyell ignored the evidence of rapid erosion. In fact, the erosion rate and the distance of erosion almost exactly points to the great flood of Noah's day as the start of erosion of the river's valley. The fact is, Charles Lyell was wrong, and the Bible's still right. It all started back in Genesis. Thanks, Dr. John. For more information, visit us on the web at icr.org. I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.
You're listening to Crosstalk here on the VCY American Network. David Rubin is our guest, former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. Been in Israel over three decades, folks, and uh, giving us that firsthand account of what has been unfolding in Israel. And David, as you know, it's not just Hamas, as you said, from the, from the Gaza. There's also the Hezbollah from Lebanon. Yemen has just officially declared war on Israel. Um, is, is Israel prepared for this multi-front war? Uh, the short answer is yes. Uh, it doesn't mean it won't be painful. It doesn't mean it won't be damaging. The, the Hezbollah terrorists have 150,000 missiles, and they're, they're accurate missiles, and they're, they're, they're provided by Iran. And those missiles are pointed at Israeli cities. So if Hezbollah jumps in completely into this war, uh, right, right now, they're, they're kind of testing the waters. But if they jump in completely, then it's going to be a massive, a massive war. Right. Uh, right now, in Gaza, the, there is intense fighting going on. Uh, on. On the Lebanese border, where Hezbollah is ensconced, uh, the, the, there is fighting, there is tit for tat, but, but it's nothing major yet. Uh, it may become that. And also we have the center of the country, in the central part of the country, Judea and Samaria, uh, the so-called West Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Arabs are, are being held, held under uh, tight controls right now. Uh, they, you know, we, have, we have a curfew in the, in the evening, at, at night, and uh, th- that's the only way that it's under control, uh, because they're not friends of Israel either. I, I saw a column that said uh, Hamas committed the crime, but Iranian fingerprints are all over the crime scene. And you just referenced uh, I, I, Iran. How engaged is Iran working behind the scenes to really fulfill its goal of wiping Israel off the face of the earth? Totally. Totally. I, I, I don't know to what extent uh, they, pl- they planned the massacre together with Hamas, uh, but, but we know that, that they are the main funding of the Hamas terrorist organization, and we know that they are the main funding of the Hezbollah terrorist organization. Those two organizations are 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 basically Iranian-sponsored organizations, and uh, Iran is totally involved, and Iran is totally culpable. Hmm. We are hearing the chants, you know, from the many mobs and riots, free, free Palestine, and from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Um, would you comment on this as as far as the the impact of these statements and what is really being sought here? And well, from the river to the sea means total destruction of Israel. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, that, that, that's what they're calling for: total destruction of Israel. Which means, which means, and uh, let me be very clear about this: which means the murder of every Jew in Israel. That's what it means. And it wouldn't stop and, there. And it's not just the murder of every Jew in Israel, but it's the murder of every Jew in radical Muslim style, uh, meaning chopped heads, burned bodies, raped women. Uh, that, that is what they do. That is what they do. They take hostages. Uh, they're, they're holding about 230 hostages right now. Uh, so that, that means death to Israel, death to America. That is what they. That's that is what the radical Muslims are all about. And Israel is being branded as being the oppressors and the aggressors in all of this. Well, look, that, that's that's a result of look. We we, we know the Muslim, uh, the radical Muslims are. Uh, you know, they don't stop for a minute with their propaganda nonsense. Uh, all you have to do is look at history. Uh, they they look called free free Palestine. What does that mean? There was never a country called Palestine. And I challenge any one of the people who was saying that to come and tell me and show me and show all of your listeners what year that country called Palestine was established. And tell me what is the, the national anthem of that country and what was the currency of that country called Palestine that they claim exists hmm. or existed at one time. It never existed. There was never an independent country called Palestine, and it's all lies and, and propaganda. 
And people need to wake up to that. I mean, if they're not going to wake up now, I don't know when they're going to wake up. Right, right. And, and of course, the national media continues to pound this uh, through, uh, you know, that, that Israel is the aggressor in all of this. Uh, well, Jim, Jim, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting, but you have to know that there is collusion between the radical secular left in the United States and around the world and the radical Muslims. That's, that's a fact. And, uh, you know, I wrote, I wrote a book called Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel, is the subtitle. And in Confronting Radicals, I, 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 I show it very clearly how the radical left and the radical Muslims are in cahoots, and they are working together. Now, everyone says, well, uh, they, their end goals are so different. Sure, but their end goals are so different. Their, their means to those goals are the same. They both want to destroy Israel. They both want to destroy the United States uh, as, as it was built. And they want to destroy Judeo-Christian civilization. So uh, they're, they're working together towards that goal. David Rubin with us here today on Crosstalk. Again, the website he gave earlier, israelchildren.org. David, we uh, know that much has been happening here, even on the U.S. side of things. Uh, Jack Jack Lew just appointed as the U.S. ambassador to Israel. Uh, Any comments on his appointment? I mean, I know he had involvement in the Iran nuclear deal during the Obama administration. Well, that's certainly not a feather in his hat. Uh, But, you know, as they say, he was just following orders. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, Obama and, and Biden and anyone who pushes forth the Iranian deal is, is guilty as well. Uh, let, let's remember that, that President Biden released very, very large sums of money to Iran recently as uh, protection money, uh, just to, just to keep them, keep them quiet and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of keep them negotiating. But, uh, you know, who knows where that money went? And uh, most likely it went to support those, their um, uh, surrogates, their, their terrorist organizations like Hezbollah and Hamas. You know, we, we just shudder at the vast number of Israelis that were killed on October 7th. Um, what, what impact, David, is this having on Israel citizens uh, today? Enormous, enormous. Uh, there are two different kinds of impact. There's the political impact, uh, which is that people no longer believe, there are very few Israelis who really believe that peace can be had with Hamas at this point. And, and more and more Israelis are waking up to the reality that peace cannot be had with the Palestinians at all. And uh, that should have been clear a long time ago, but uh, but it's it's becoming clear now after this massacre, uh, because they look the Palestinian Authority, Fatah, is their terrorist branch. Uh, they they have committed far more terrorist attacks than Hamas. So there there should be no illusions that by destroying Hamas, uh, then things are going to be peaceful because we'll have Fatah instead. Uh, the, a terrorist is a terrorist is a terrorist. Now, as far as the the impact on the people, in terms of trauma, mm-hmm. it's enormous, enormous. And I, as I mentioned to you at the beginning of the show, the Israeli Defense Ministry uh, frantically turned to us to to the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund and and our therapeutic center at the beginning of the war. Because they they were desperate for therapists. Uh, sure, there there are army psychologists, but uh, not nearly enough, and not not nearly in the the range and variety of of therapies that we use. Uh, so they turned to us. They they wanted to learn from our expertise, and they and they wanted to uh, use our therapists uh, for so many of the terror victims from the Gaza region that that have been relocated to the center of the country. Uh, so all of this requires funding, and I'm turning to your listeners today 
uh, with, with our website, israelchildren.org. Again, that's israelchildren.org. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are very frustrated uh, by, by the media's distorted reporting and are very frustrated uh, by the Biden administration's ignorance uh, when they when they call for when when Biden speaks about how he's going to stand with Israel and we're going to stand with Israel and we're going to send ships and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then he says in the same breath, and we're going to give one hundred million dollars to the Palestinians uh, t- to help them to lead peaceful lives. I, it's just what planet is he living on? That's what I would like to know. You know, I'd like to talk about what's being billed as the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. And, and you know, you talked about sending relief things, uh, monies and so forth and supplies. We don't know if they're ever going to get in the hands of, of civilians. But uh, what many do not know and is not being reported in the news is that Israel is actually bringing humanitarian relief to civilians in Gaza. Well, Israel Israel has, has allowed the uh, the distribution of water and food and health and basic health supplies uh, to uh, the Arabs who have agreed to go down to the south of Gaza uh, because the, the bulk of the fighting is in the north. Most intense fighting is in, in the northern part of Gaza. Uh, so so they, were, they were warned about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago even, uh, to go down to Gaza, uh, down to the south of Gaza, uh, where there there would be humanitarian aid, and that and that's also also helps Israel to fight against the terrorists. Uh, the terrorists don't want any civilians to go down to the south of Gaza because they like using them as human shields. Uh, they don't really care about life. You know, life, life is not important to them. Mm-hmm. But what they care about is death, and bringing more death and destruction and ruining people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, and we've seen the barbaric. Some of the videos have been released. The, the barbarism is it just defies description uh, as to the brutalness of this taking place. Uh, I'd like to also uh, speak with you, David, in regard to a ceasefire uh, that has been called for uh, by by the United Nations. We're seeing that uh, being you know risen as far as chants from around the world as well. Uh, some are saying, oh, so you had 1,400 killed in Israel, but this is not proportional to Israel's response. Uh, how do you respond to that? Why should there be proportional response? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to stop evil, you have to hit them 10 times as hard as they hit you. Uh, that's, and, that's, and that's it. That's, that's all there is to it. That is how you stop evil. Uh, any anyone knows any any kid in a schoolyard uh, who's who's been who's been attacked by a bully. He knows that if the bully hits you once, you don't have to hit you don't hit him once. You have to hit the bully back about twenty times, and and then then he's going to back off. Uh, that's what needs to be done with Hamas. We're going to take a quick break. David Rubin is our guest today on Crosstalk as the, the war is uh, escalating and uh, more of the enemies of Israel are posturing to get involved. Uh, we also are seeing uh, Iran uh, looking to China and Russia for help as well. So we'll comment on those issues back in one minute here on Crosstalk. Israel. It's only about the size of New Jersey. Yet it makes headlines all over the world. Throughout history, many attempts have been made to annihilate the Jews. Threats continue today to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Yet none of these attempts have ever succeeded. In the book, Miracle of Israel, authors Gary Frazier and Jim Fletcher present the shocking, untold story of God's love for His people. The authors take you back to Israel past, focusing on God's promise to Abraham the entry into the promised land, and the message of the prophets. You'll read of Israel present, with events leading up to and including Israel becoming a nation. And you'll read of Israel's future, the Gog and Magog War, the Great Tribulation, and the Millennial Kingdom. Miracle of Israel is available for a donation of $17 or more when you call 1-800-729-9829. 
This is Crosstalk on VCY America. David Rubin is our guest today, former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, and uh, has lived there over three decades. Um, just uh, We were just talking about ceasefire a bit ago, and uh, the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, also addressed this. Let me just air this brief clip from him. I want to make clear Israel's position regarding a ceasefire. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11, Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that there is a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war, David, a your, war for our common future. Your response for this? I agree 100%. I'm, I'm glad that the prime minister is finally saying those words. Mm-hmm. And now we have to see the follow through. Yeah, we do have to see the follow through. And I, I heard even Hillary Clinton spoke against a ceasefire, saying that this would just embolden Hamas, would it embolden the, really, the enemies of Israel. Well, I, I predicted immediately after the massacre and the prime minister's declaration of war against Hamas, I, I predicted that within two to three weeks, we're going to start feeling the pressure and hearing the calls for a ceasefire. Yep. Uh, we've been in this movie before. It's not a pretty one. And th- this time, all calls for a ceasefire need to be rejected until there is not one Hamas terrorist left in Gaza. Uh, did you hear the address that came from the U.N. Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, uh, who who basically you know, condemn the atrocity that, you know, this killing against Israel, but really then in the, you know, same sentences was saying, but uh, uh, this didn't happen in a vacuum, in essence, blaming Israel for setting the stage for this all to unfold upon her. Well, the only thing I can agree with that ignoramus about is that it did not happen in a vacuum. Uh, there, There were similar terrorist attacks against Israeli civilians. They weren't even Israeli civilians. Israeli civilians at that time. There was no state of Israel in 1921, in 1929, in the cities of Hebron, Hebron and Sfat and Tiberias in Israel. Uh, the, the, those were massacres by Arabs against Israelis, uh, against Jews, I should say. And they were just as brutal the same things, chopping off of heads, raping of women in front of their families, in some cases, uh, slaughter of babies, ripping out babies from the wombs of pregnant mothers. Uh, that's what happened in 1921 and 1929, before there was a state of Israel. So what, what was their problem then? Did they have a problem with the state of Israel? No, because there was no state of Israel. Did they have a problem with Israeli control of the so-called West Bank uh, or, or Gaza? Uh, no, they didn't have a problem with that. Uh, the, their problem was that there were Jews in the land of Israel, and, and they wanted to brutally attack them and harm them. David, we understand that uh, Tehran is seeking security from Beijing, China. Even Russia appears willing to help Iran. We just had a, uh, a spokesman or a speechwriter for uh, 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 President Putin who indicates that, that uh, Israel is now an enemy of Russia. I uh, would like to get your comments on what the, we see this, this, this continuing, what many have termed to be an axis of evil with, with Iran, Russia, uh, and China. Look, Jim, you, you know I've been warning about that for many, many years, uh, about this axis of evil, of the, those three, uh, three terrible players. Uh, it's, it's time that we stand up against them mm-hmm. and, and, and just call, call them out for what they are. Okay, they are, they are evil and, and they are enemies. Okay, stop pretending that, uh, that President Xi is, uh, is a friend of the United States and and on that, I, I, I call out any, any of the politicians, okay, Trump included. Uh, no, no, no pretending that they are friends anymore. Uh, those are enemies. China is an enemy. 
Russia is an enemy, and Iran for sure is an enemy. And we understand President Biden's going to be meeting with President Xi coming up soon in San Francisco. Well, I'm sure Xi is going to have a good laugh. Hmm. Wow. And so we are a pawn of China's, is what you're saying? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, D- David, looking forward here, uh, what what is a major concern that you would have, uh, again, from uh, Israeli perspective, living there over three decades, uh, as to where this is heading and and world opinion on Israel, and and what do you see lies in, in, in store for Israel at this time? Well, look, the... the 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 question is how we how we handle it uh, once we've won the war. Uh, the you know there 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 are two things that can happen once the war is officially won and Hamas is totally destroyed and there are no more Hamas terrorists and no more weapons in Gaza. Once that happens, so there are, there are a few possibilities. One is that is that Israel hands over Gaza to the Palestinian Authority, and then we will be back in the same terrible situation. The second possibility is that, is that Israel, uh, Israel just uh, kind, of, kind of ignores Gaza. Okay, just as bad. Because then the terrorists are going are to be playing their game again. And the, the third possibility is that Israel reconquers Gaza and restores the the Israeli settlement in Gaza, and that would be the best solution. By doing that, then then the war would be won, and the war would be last, and the 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 positive results of the war would be lasting. Uh, in terms of Lebanon, same thing, same thing. Israel needs to win the war with uh, against Hezbollah, and do it in as aggressive a fashion as possible in order to really win. Okay, because remember, Iran's fingerprints are are on on that war as well, and and that that needs to be done as well, and needs to be done in uh, in uh, a victorious way, not just uh, winning a war and then walking away. You can't walk away. Friends, our phone number to crosstalk today, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. And David, you and I have interviewed, as you mentioned, several times, and we've talked about, you know, where is that red line with Iran and, and, and their nuclear aspirations? Let me just ask you, from, from what you know, where, are, where is Iran on the nuclear issue at this time? Are they there? Uh, they are almost there, yes. Wow, very interesting indeed. And uh, also, we we are finding uh, the 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 horror, folks, the the the, the trauma that is happening. Uh, I, I just saw a story on Breitbart indicating that that Israel has been forced to use archaeologists archaeologists to identify the remains, the burned remains of children. David, it's just deplorable what what they're finding and and having to actually use those who are skilled in in you know digging up the earth and finding remains in order to bring identification to these children. Yes, it is horrific. And and yes, can you imagine, Jim? Or can can any any parents listening to this show Imagine the horror for a family to witness that. To, to, you know, we're, we're thinking about the 1,400 who were murdered. Think about those who are still alive. Think about how psychologically traumatized they are. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking PTSD on steroids. And this is very, very serious. And, and people need to get on board. Uh, with us to to help us to stop it. I'm, I mean that the trauma will last for years if we don't get the funding to double and and even triple our programs. Uh, the 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 referrals for treatments for children have skyrocketed uh, by about three hundred percent already, and so we're we're looking to get serious funding for these programs and. You know, I just call on people to go to the website, israelchildren.org. Go in there 
and give in whatever way you can, as generously as you can, and stand with us. Please, please stand with us at this time. Let's begin by uh, going to a caller in central Pennsylvania. Faith, thanks for calling Crosstalk. You're on the air. Sure. Today I heard on a Christian conservative radio station uh, the, a clip of a man, Joseph Abraham, who is in Cleveland as a street preacher. He is uh, Arab-born, and he just proposed the idea of, you know, how he, for generations, had lived in what we call Palestine, and um, the innocent people there. You know, how do you deal with that kind of thing? I am totally on board, having actually having heard James Cadiz, K-A-D-D-I-S. He had has the wonderful perspective on this whole thing. He is a Calvary Chapel pastor. Okay. So anyway, I just... Um, so, so you mean I, dealing with the civilians in, in the Gaza? Yes. Okay. David. Well, let's remember that in 2006, there were free and fair elections in Gaza. Even, even uh, such a dignified individual as Jimmy Carter uh, came to Gaza. Uh, to to witness these elections, he called it a demonstration of a great demonstration of democracy, free and fair elections in Gaza. Who did they elect? They elected Hamas. Hamas won fifty three percent of the vote. Fatah, the terrorist organization of the Palestinian Authority, got about forty percent of the vote. So you're talking already over 90% of the vote for those two terrorist organizations. Who elected them in that free and fair election? The civilians of Gaza. Okay, I, I don't have any, any pity on the civilians of Gaza. I do know that when the Allies won World War II, the way that they ended the war was what, that they started bombing. They bombed Berlin. They bombed Dresden. From above, they didn't worry about about civilian enemies, and they won the war. Uh, so, so here we're talking also about about Nazis of a different form, and they they may be. It doesn't matter to me if they're Nazi soldiers or if they're Nazi civilians. Israel has to win the war, and and yes, you you usually don't try to kill civilians. Only, only Hamas and Fatah do that. Israel tries to avoid it. But if you, if you have to win the war, and if they use civilians as human shields, planting their missile, missiles launchers and their weapons factories under schools and hospitals and mosques, well, those schools and hospitals and mosques need to be destroyed. Thank you, Faith, for the call. And uh, we're up against a break here. And friends, uh, keep in mind, it is intentional where Hamas has been building their uh, places where they, they, you know, launch their their rockets, their missiles, uh, right next to kindergarten complexes and schools, hospitals, building underground. uh, And and what is happening is, is happening on purpose by their decree. Back in a minute. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. The truth is so offensive to people, even when it shows up in red, and that is blood, blood red. All of us watch the horrors of what happened in Israel, and yet a Jewish group, their billboard has been taken down in New Jersey because it spoke the truth. The billboard just simply said, do not be naive. Hamas will chop your head off too. And yet, after a hundred complaints, down comes the billboard. Americans do not want to hear the truth. Sadly, many, because of postmodernism, no longer believe in truth. And yet, anti-Semitism is rising. The other side is shouting from the rooftops, literally, and on bridges, and shutting down highways, pro-Hamas messages. And now Jews are being attacked, and even trying to warn them, Hamas will kill you. And yet, those billboards get pulled down. I'm Brandon House.
This is Crosstalk on VCY America. David Rubin is a guest today, former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. Has been over there for over three decades and 32 years. And uh, friends have seen firsthand uh, the, the attacks that were coming in. His own daughter to be married uh, just three days after this attack. And they did go through with that with uh, heavy security and precautions. But uh, friends, he has seen unfold what terror does and the impact that this has on individuals. Let's go right back to the lines. Greg in Tucson, you're on the air. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Rubin. You know, my wife asked me recently, have we picked out areas where we want to give money? So you're an answer to prayer. We will be sending money. And Thank you. The other thing, Thank you. The other thing is, um, I'm a retired uh I should say, canceled history teacher from the Boston area. And you probably know about the great writer, Will Durant. And he, he and his wife were at Columbia University, and they, mostly he, produced an 11-volume story of civilization. The New York Times called them the greatest historians of our time. You know what they said about Islam? You know, the, in 1935, in... Uh, the volume one, I think, of the story of civilization. Now, this is after World War One and before World War Two, but they said that the the bloodiest story in history was the uh, Mohammedan attack of northern India, and they went into a series, a succession of rulers over the years, and all of the skulls that they cut off, the whole thing. And he said it was the bloodiest story in history. And if Will Durant said it, you could take it to the bank. Columbia University probably forgets that he ever taught there. And I wonder what your thoughts yep. are about that. Yeah. yeah, well, I could answer it in one sentence. Uh, those who don't learn about history are doomed to repeat it and worse. Yeah. Well, thank you, Greg, for the call raising that issue today. Uh, Maysville, Kentucky, John, you're on the air. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I agree to an extent with uh, he's saying about uh, getting rid of 10 to 1 and all that. What about in 67 when Israel tried sinking one of our ships, the U.S. Liberty, and maimed and slaughtered uh, numerous men on that ship? And, and, uh, oh, well, are we going to start? Excuse me, sir. Uh, are, are we going to focus on the topic or are you going to bring your anti Semitic jargon? Uh, to the show, I you know I don't I don't think it's appropriate, and I, and I think if you if you really want to, instead of your uh, arrogance uh, coming on this show and and spewing out your anti-Semitic nonsense, why don't you stick to the issues and see if you can answer uh, uh, answer my questions that I'm asking about Hamas terrorism, about Hezbollah terrorism, and about people like the Secretary General of the UN. Uh, that is spewing out anti-Semitism like yours. Okay, do you do you want to respond to I that? I think that it's. I think that it, it would be good to have some questions of people who don't come on the show with their hatred and conspiracy theories that have no basis in history. Let's go to Todd next in uh, Upper Michigan. You're on the air. Yes. Uh, first of all, I want to say is when the when the enemy comes in like a flood the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. And I've been reading through the book of Amos, and it reads about the walls of Gaza being nothing but rubble. Is that, is that what's happening right now, is the book of Amos? And I'll take my answer off the line. Thank you. Okay, thank you, sir. Uh, well, it certainly appears that way. Let, let, let's talk at the end of the war, okay? Uh, Jim will have me back on after the war. And and you could come on and ask that question again, and and we'll see the condition of Gaza. I think that Gaza needs to be flattened, and I, and then and then we can rebuild it with some nice Israeli communities. We have time for one last call. This is Julie in Pensacola, Florida. Julie, you're on the air. Uh, yes, thank you. I just want to get some clarity on this topic where the Hamas and the Palestinian people, if they're a nomad type of people, they don't have their own land or their own government, how did Hamas get elected if the Palestinian people 
what do they live in Israel and part of which is part of Gaza? They live in Israel. They probably use Israeli money, currency, and they're they within do. their tax system or whatever. How does how do they elect or how do they have an election that would cause a evil person to be leading them? In mm-hmm. how did all that? Question. Thank you. Thank you. That's a good question. Uh, and and the answer to the question is that in the in the 1990s when we when uh, under American pressure they started the uh, the so-called peace process the Oslo peace process uh, people really were thinking that there's going to be peace people really thought that uh, that these terrorist organizations were going to turn into peaceful partners uh, well that didn't happen it didn't happen uh, we had we've had the worst waves of terrorism in the last three decades uh, that the world has ever experienced. And there is no people that deserves their own country less than the Palestinians, uh, because they are, they are the fathers of modern terrorism. Julie, thank you for the call here today. Uh, David, we're, we're down to just a minute and a few odd seconds. Uh, what would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, look, Jim, you know, I've been on the show many times. We could discuss all of the issues, and, and you know, I'm happy to do so. Uh, but today we're in a crisis situation in Israel, and this is a crisis situation in which we are fighting not just for the survival of Israel, but for the survival of the free world. If we lose this, this war, uh, then, then the whole world has lost this war. And, uh, I, and I, I think that needs to be very clear. The free world is at stake. Uh, I call on people to stand with us and uh, to open up their hearts and stand with the children of Israel at this time uh, who have suffered so much trauma and thousands of tr- children are in need of treatment. And, uh, and I again call on people to go to israelchildren.org, uh, your, your 501c3 donation. Uh, will uh, help the children uh, to get over this trauma. It's going to take years in any event, uh, but but if we get to work now, I think we can accomplish a lot. That's uh, israelchildren.org, the website. David, thank you so much for being with us today, giving us a first-hand account. Uh, you were there live on the scene as this all unfolded and continue uh, to, to see what, what is taking place there, the trauma that's taking place there. And thank you for doing what you're doing there to minister to those needs at this time. Thank you, Jim. David Rubin, our guest here today on Crosstalk. And uh, friends, this war is escalating. As Scripture reminds us, let's continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.